Listen up. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to the podcast participants and not to any participant's employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. You know, for fun. So lighten up and enjoy. Oh, Stomping Jen, here we are again. I'm so excited. Do you know? Hi, do you know who we're talking to? Who are we talking to? On this episode, we are talking to Belchertown, Massachusetts, very own Chris Snow. He is the owner of Chubby's Ice Cream and Grill and the Rustic Fusion Catering and Food Truck. Woohoo! I'm really excited to talk to him about his businesses here in our town. You look very serious tonight. Uh, this is going to be a serious conversation, <laughs> Stomping Jen. It's like about my favorite. It's about my favorite to... thing, food. All right. Are you ready? Let's get to okay, it. Okay, here we go. Creamy, delicious ideas without the creepy truck. All right, Stomping Jen. I was just thinking. What? I miss soft serve at Chubby's. I know. It's <laughs> one of my favorite things to get. And speaking of Chubby's ice cream and grill, we have Chris Snow on the podcast with us tonight. Hello, Chris. Hey, guys. How are we doing? Really good. Thank you for joining us. I Thank you for having me. Yeah, I feel like we're talking to a local celebrity of sorts because our family absolutely loves your restaurant. Um, it's true. Yeah, oh, thank you, guys. Yeah, we probably, when it's open, eat there at least once a week. <laughs> and, um, you know, I think it's been... An institution as long as we've lived here in town, right, Stomping Jen? Yeah, I don't think he owned it the entire time we've been here, though. Yeah, but the the restaurant's no, been the restaurant's here. Been yeah, here, so yeah. we're gonna talk a little bit about all of that. But um, first, um, Chris, we just wanted to say hi and kind of give you an opportunity just to tell us a little bit more about yourself. All right, um, this is what I love to do: talk about myself. But that's okay. We're gonna wing it here. Okay. Um, now I'm a native from Belchertown. So grew up here, uh, went off and did what I call my national tour after graduating high school and college and made my way back here. So I've been a 50-50 resident for about the last, well, let's say 12 years, but now just back in full time. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm back here. Uh, I've owned Chubby's for, this is going to be the ninth season yes. coming up. Pretty excited there. Um, so that was, uh, it, it, I don't think it was ever a dream of me owning Chubby's, but it's something that just came on at one, one time, one, one discussion, and then well, we took things from there. And was that a discussion with the previous owners or owner? Yeah, actually, I sat down. I sat down with my father. We were just t- chatting about, okay, you know, what's the next phase? What do I want to do? 
and said, hey, you know what? I just saw that Chubby's was coming up for sale. So sat down with the prior owner. I, I went in, checked it out a couple times, thought about what I, what I would like to do with it. And you know, the whole thing, whole process took maybe about a week and a half. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Pretty much done. Yeah. And was that a scary decision to make, um, buying a restaurant and becoming the person responsible for running it? <laughs> no, no. Uh, since I graduated college, I've been running food establishments. So, mm-hmm. but I, I was on the, the massive scale. So mm-hmm. I would feed between 80 and a hundred thousand people at sporting events. Oh, wow. Oh my so, gosh. In my mind is like, ah, you know, this is easy. I can, I can do a little restaurant only open seven, eight months out of the year. That's not, not that hard. Well, let me tell you, <laughs> running a, running a NASCAR race, cla- race course is a little bit easier than, than running chubbies during a, a, a nice sunny April. Oh, wow. So is that where, is that where you had your previous, um, uh, I don't want to call it industrial food experience, but it almost sounds like that in a way. Um, it was doing cooking and food prep for NASCAR. Well, no, I would run the facility. So I was the general manager, the area manager uh, Mm -hmm. for uh, professional sporting and entertainment facilities throughout the country. So um, probably about one quarter of the major league ballparks and at least 10 or 12 arenas and major tracks, things of that nature, concerts, uh, concert venues. Mm -hmm. So I would coordinate all the food and beverage aspects merchandise sales, things of that nature. Um, but doing the cooking myself, very little. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very little. Yeah. Wow. So um, one, I know you mentioned, you mentioned um, you grew up here in Belchertown. My understanding is your, your family has lived here in Belchertown, Massachusetts for a, a long time, right? You're, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like multiple generations. Uh, yeah. Multiple generations here in town. Um it, you know, I, I sit and I talk with some of the other individuals that I grew up with in town and, and others that owned businesses back then. And really it came down to, they either worked for my family or maybe three other families. And those are the only jobs that kids had in town. Oh wow! So when I bought Chubby's, that was one of the ideas that I had was to give it a place for kids in town to go and get their first job. Yeah. And I think that's a experience of a lot of teenagers. I know my my first job was at a McDonald's um, in a mall. I mean, <laughs> this is way back when, you know, thirty yeah. something years ago. But you know, it was a lot of fun. I, you know, I like enjoyed working yeah. um, in the kitchen and you know all of that stuff. I loved it. it it's an eye opener when you work in a restaurant. Doesn't matter where you're working in a restaurant. It really is an eye opener. People think, oh, I can do that. Oh, it's easy to do that. But when, you know, like I said, in a busy, uh, nice, bright, sunny April weekend, um, it's uh, it, it gets a little crazy. But yeah, it's a fun crazy. Yeah, especially when, you know, you're, you're a younger person, you want to maybe be outside running around. There's a <laughs> yeah. long line of cranky people who want their ice cream or their food. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I but always, I always tell my new team members, don't get sick on the first nice sunny weekend of the summer. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely not. 
Um, so tell us a little bit about your um, brick and mortar restaurant, Chubby's Ice Cream and Grill. What what do you do there? What's the idea? Okay, so when when I bought Chubby's, it was it pretty much morphed into a a pizza restaurant without pizza. That was basically the menu that was there, plus ice cream. And uh, I knew that we were missing something. In town, there's, there's not a lot of options, so there was a lot of room to grow. And what I wanted to do was take the menu, take the operation itself, and just add some creativity, add some flair to it, add some excitement into the menu mm-hmm. so that uh, people can say, hey, that I got this over here. Hey, you see what what's new at Chubby's this year? Um, and the barbecue is, was one of the additions that we added on. I keep on toying with. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's trying to do as much as possible in-house, uh, not just dump stuff out of a box, um, so that when somebody gets items from us, whether it's food or ice cream, they know what was put into it. And I think that is like been key and it's why we go there so often because that thank you it totally comes through in the food. Yeah, I ha- I have to say the first time I think we walked in there maybe many years back after you bought it and kind of saw the re envisioned um chubbies, I was sh- shocked the how creative the menu was. Mm-hmm. Like you said, like you're you have like these really <laughs> creative like selection of burgers and sandwiches that aren't burgers, like all different types of sandwiches. And I said, wow, there's like a really creative mind behind this menu. Like I was actually surprised um, by, by that. We didn't know. We didn't know. (laughs) We didn't know. The best kept secret. That's uh, (laughs) that's one of our, that's one of the things we say. We're kind of the best kept secret. Well, we kind of need to get that word out there. Yeah. Well, it's funny because like I'll tell people all the time, I'm like, you would be surprised. I mean, because from the outside, you know, it's a small shop. It's a small restaurant. Yep. It kind of has that fast food look to it. So you don't know what to expect. And then you go in there and it's, you know, counter service. Um, and so, again, with the fast food, but the food is excellent. You do a great job. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I got how, a good team. Yeah. How do you approach kind of the menu planning process like how do you pick that wide variety of sandwiches and burgers is it do you have a process or are those just things that you're like interested in personally uh it's more my personal interests um i'll i love to go out to dinner or or stop in that hole in the wall place um that's that's what i gravitate towards not the chain restaurants and i see what other people are doing um and say, hey, you know what? I think I could, I could do that. Or, hey, you know what? Let me see what I could do with this and add a twist to it. And uh, a lot of people ask me, what's my favorite item on the menu? And I can't tell them because my answer is always, if I don't love it, it doesn't go on the menu. Yeah. So I, I you know, I'll, I'll eat everything on the menu. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so, but um, I like to have fun. Um, I like to, just just find new ways to approach items. And it might be an item that's been around for a long time. Burgers have been around forever, but how can you make them different? How can you make the fish and chips different from what everybody else is doing mm-hmm. uh, or a sandwich? So 
it's uh, making a memorable experience when you're eating. Yeah. 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 And one of the things I love too is the, um, the decor and the atmosphere kind of has that 50s, 60s dinerish mm-hmm. vibe. And it's a, like, it's a great juxtaposition to the really creative, like, culinary menu, I find. Um, Thank you. Did you, um, did you set out to um, design that particular aesthetic to kind of like a throwback to that era? Or- well, I think that era, that was a really fun era. Whenever you see movies about that era or read about them, it just it seemed like a really fun time, a neat time. And so when you you look at pictures or videos of, of the old diners and that was just a, a cool thing to do. So I, I looked at it as well. I want people to be happy when they come in. I want them to feel comfortable when they come in. And um, that, that's just what I, what I went with. And every year I seem to change it up just a little bit and add a little bit here, add a little bit there. Yeah. Um, so I just want it to be nice, relaxed, let people just enjoy themselves place where families can go mm-hmm. and not worry about the bar scene or anything else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you always see people singing along to, I was the, just say, to the music. I know. Right? All the, I love all that music from that yeah. era. So I'm always like singing my full head off. My, and- my team's asked me to get another 30 or 40 songs on that. <laughs> after yeah. an AR shift, you've heard a few, heard it a few times. So Yeah. But I, I think there is something about, that music and that aesthetic that like does make people happy, you know, I yeah. like I definitely like people seem happy when they're in there. The, and the other thing I absolutely love about um, Chubby's ice cream and grill in Belchertown, Massachusetts is you have this giant chalkboard, mm-hmm. right. That <laughs> covers one of the walls. And, you know, it, it was great when our kids were younger, we could just go in there like, um, sit down for dinner and just let our kids. Yeah, they go straight for the wall. Go over to the chalkboard. Yeah. Like that is such a great addition. Thank you. Makes ordering a little challenging sometimes when you got to. <laughs> you got to pull them out away. Exactly what yeah. you want. You got to pull them away. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that was another thing, another big addition where um, it gave the parents time to relax. Also, mm-hmm. in an environment where they knew the, knew where the kids were what they were doing, where they were, they were right there. Um, but the parents could also have a conversation while the kids are drawing on the chalkboard mm-hmm. and using themselves while you're waiting for your food. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm thinking about when we have people come and visit us in town, um, your, your restaurant is one of the places we always take people. We're like, oh, you've got to come here. This is mm-hmm. like our favorite in-town restaurant. This is the place we go to all the time. You've got to come and experience that. And you mentioned before that um, you took Chubby's over from somebody and have continued the business. And I'm curious mm-hmm. if you ever think about what it's like to... Um, be responsible for running like a long-standing institution in town because it is in a way like that's the place we take people when they yep. come and visit us. Yeah, it 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 was when I was a kid, and I wanted to make sure that it remained that way. Yeah, that was very important to me when I bought it. Um, to to run a restaurant, uh, it is definitely not as easy as what people may think. Um. 
it's a challenge. You have to be dedicated to it. Um, you need to find a way to find a dedicated team. Um, you have, it, it's, it's not easy, but there's, there's gratifications that you get from running a restaurant that go far beyond the financials. When, when you can see the kids coming in, you can see the families coming in and you see the smiles on their faces. Um, when you see kids that are coming in that all of a sudden they start working for you because you've been there for so long, mm -hmm. that's pretty neat. Um, so it was, it was really challenging this year for my team and myself because we weren't able to see people coming in mm -hmm. because yeah. of the pandemic. And that was one of the things that we realized how much we missed seeing all of the families and the kids coming in. Yeah. Um, but that's what you get out of running a restaurant. If you truly are in it for more than just the financials, which you better be. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so you, you've got to, you've got to love it. You got to love what you're doing and, and take it, uh, take it to the next step always. Yeah. Always think about what's the next thing that you can do. Yeah. And in regards to the pandemic, are there ways that you were able to connect with some of those regular customers that you might otherwise see in person? Like, did people go out of their way to, you know, kind of in some way make it known, hey, we're, we're getting pickup or we're doing you know, something they write cards or anything like that? Well, I, I think the, for us with the pandemic, it was not as hard for my team to transition than it would be for many other establishments. Uh, we do already have done so much takeout that it wasn't a hard thing for us to just do a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, what we found with the pandemic and our area of success or our success came from being very open, um, very straightforward with our, with our, with the team and also with our customers. Um, we, we tried to stay one step ahead of whatever pandemic reg regulations were coming down. Uh, we tried to make sure that whatever we were doing, that our, our guests were going to feel comfortable with mm -hmm. we try yeah. to find a way that, um, made it easy for them. Um, but in feeling, having the confidence to come out and to see us because we're doing the right thing also. That's, yeah. that was the trust of our, of our guests was, was paramount. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We needed to make sure that we had their trust. And food services and, industry where safety is really important to begin with anyways. I mean, you have yeah. to follow protocols in terms of like wearing gloves and all of that stuff. So, so I would imagine, you know, having to like add masks or additional kind of protocols might not have been so challenging from your perspective as a, as a restaurateur, but you know, I, I think uh, the, the glove wearing, the washing of the hands, things of that nature for my establishment was not that big of a deal. Wearing the mask while on a, on yeah. a grill on the hotline, that was a little challenging. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, in, in talking with many port of health inspectors throughout the region, you know, one of the things that 
we we were stating as a whole was that it made a lot of establishments get a lot better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would love to say that every place that you go into is spotless clean and, and everybody's wearing gloves and doing what they're supposed to do. But we all know that isn't the case. But with the pandemic, it's really gotten a lot of people back on track to where they should be. Yeah in other establishments. So yeah. it, there's a positive spin of this. I think that's definitely one right up there. Yeah. I think too, like, you know, <clears throat> your establishment was one of the leaders, I think. And for restaurants, it was like, you know, like a, um, a model for a lot of restaurants, the way that you handled things with your signage and mm-hmm. with, um, you know, social media and, you know, making sure people were social distancing and wearing a mask and, yeah, we, that was pretty neat, actually. Um, we didn't set out to do that, mm-hmm. but um, I got calls from, at uh, what, four different Board of Health agencies. Um, I got calls from more than a dozen restaurants and asking, okay, what are you doing with this? How are you handling this? Mm-hmm. And I thought that was, that, was, uh, uh, that was really nice. That was really nice to be able to help other people out with that um, and to get that recognition that we were doing, doing the right thing. Yeah. 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 I mean, and now, you know, that we have vaccines on the horizon, um, I'm looking forward to the doors reopening. Yeah. Hopefully at some point <laughs> when it's safe yeah, to do so. Yeah, I think so. everybody is. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. Um, Stomping Jen mentioned social media. And one of the questions I had for you was, um, if running a restaurant in the age of the internet and social media has changed um, the business in any ways that are um, mean like significant the to you, business? yeah, like yeah. has that had an impact on the way you you market you market operate that sort of thing? I'm just curious. Uh, this year, more than any other year, uh, definitely uh, was social media for me was. I finally bought into it mm-hmm. um, more than, than I ever have before. Mm-hmm. Um, it is very, very important. You, that's how you reach people. Um, print media, it, you don't get the bang for the buck. Um, yeah. It's still important. Don't get me wrong. But um, the social media is the immediate impact, um, especially if you're throwing pictures out there and things of that nature. So mm-hmm. we'll be doing a lot more of that next year, but there's also a balance balancing act behind it. You can't do too much. Then people just zone you out. Yeah. Um, you can't do it too far in advance because then they forget about it. It's, uh, it, it's definitely in social media is the, the way of the future for communicating. Um, any restaurant that's not doing it is kidding themselves. Yeah. And what one thing I follow a lot of the the different Facebook pages and social media profiles for businesses in our town and beyond. And I'm just thinking back to one particular um, oh, posting that, post. ha- that happened on, <laughs> on your page. And like, I, I thought you were a real, well, I thought you were a real role model for how yeah. a business should handle feedback from people like, like real quick, like, there was there was a customer who was unfamiliar with a certain style and cut of bacon and <laughs> what maybe wasn't wasn't <laughs> the expecting bacon post. yeah the bacon <laughs> post and um 
and you know they 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 expressed that online and in, in the way that they did and um what i really loved was you know you you had an opportunity to engage that person and just say hey just give me a call or reach out to me and we'll make it right. Like, mm-hmm. I, I know. But I think what yeah. Chris did that sets him apart yeah. is he took the time to educate yeah. the public in general yeah. about <laughs> bacon and its different forms and the different, like, you know, way that people can smoke it or cure it or, yeah. or not cure it. And, um, you know, like it totally took that, like what could have been like a negative, like rant, which is the way that yeah. a lot of these posts happen on these like town forums. And like, you turned it around like completely and educated people and gave them something to think about their food, you know, like, no, it's not the bacon you get on your Dunkin' Donuts breakfast sandwich. <laughs> like, it's just not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, it's not. It's uh, yeah. That was, that was interesting. There, there's always in, in restaurants, you're never going to please any, everybody you try like crazy. Yeah. And many times it's a, it's a little hiccup that happens or it's somebody's having a bad day and you never know what's going to happen. But uh, I always say there's, there's not one social media site that is going to fix whatever your issue is. Mm-hmm. Call me and I can fix it Yeah. yeah. and we'll do whatever we can. Yeah. And so when I started typing that response, I think, okay, now our bacon is very different. It, it is completely different from bacon that you would buy in the store. So let me take, let me take a moment to, like you said, I spoke to Jen, to, to educate what we're doing at Chubby's, but also the differences and, and why it's different, how it's different. So, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that was, I was a little shocked at the responses that were coming in. It was very nice to see the responses that were coming in. Um, but then the aftermath that people didn't see behind it, well, that was, I got quite a few contacts, you know, asking for advice on how to, how to do their own at home and things of that nature. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that ever, forever goes down as the the bacon the bacon post. The bacon post. post yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I will have to say, like you know, you started Taco Tuesday. I think during the pandemic. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So every Tuesday, our, I had to make sure sp- I knew what kind of taco <laughs> specials were well, that night. I, I missed a post one Tuesday, and wow, by noontime. I probably had 20 or 30 in my inbox going, what, no tacos today? What's going on? I was like, oh, geez, I forgot. I I didn't forget to do the tacos. I just forgot to do the post. Uh, But yeah, that turned our worst day of the week into the best, uh, second best day of the week. Wow. And it, um, uh, it was really neat because that was, we were able to um, give the town something else to talk about. I think during the pandemic was one of the biggest things that we saw was, okay, what's new, what's going on. Let's face it. Everybody was getting pretty well down in the dumps and uh, getting bored. Didn't want to travel too far to get stuff. Um, And so, okay, let's, let's try and think of something that we can do, get a little bit more excitement going on. Mm -hmm. And also gave my team and myself the Avenue to be creative on a very short-term basis with, with items. Yeah. yeah. And so that's why you saw, I think we did 21 different styles of tacos. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Last count that I had. Uh, we always had two staples mm-hmm. um, that we always did the brisket and the black and shrimp mm-hmm. and which you wouldn't normally see either one in a taco, but Hey, it worked. Um, 
and then when we would juggle around a couple different ones, I always try to throw in a vegetarian taco as well. And that way we, we were able to give a little bit more excitement to those people that didn't want to eat meat. Uh, hey, that's fine. Let's yeah. give them someplace else to go. Yeah. And they were yeah. pretty tasty. I got to say. Yeah. And, and I loved that the community panicked when you didn't make the post right. because like that, <laughs> that like tells me. No that's oh, how, yeah. Like that says to me something about the importance of like food in our lives and mm-hmm. also like the role a um, institution like yours and a restaurant can have in just lifting people up in a otherwise, I think like you said it, like people are feeling really down. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that's a wonderful, like amazing thing um, that something as, as small as tacos mm-hmm. can help people, you know, get from one week to the next. Yeah. Oh, can yeah, I just, it was, it was neat. I want to. I want to just jump. I know it's not. Yeah, it's sort of like in the middle of whatever. all of your Go questions ahead. or whatever. But um, uh, we didn't talk about it yet. But you do have a food truck that you started. I want to say like two years ago now. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was last, uh, not this past, but the, the June prior. Yeah, the June and, prior. And one of the really, really, really cool things I think you did for the community was you offered the truck so that um, because we didn't have our annual Belchertown Fair. And you offered the truck as a kitchen for which which group was it? Now I can't remember. It was um, the the Christ Community Church right. and the Methodist Church yeah. in town for both of them. And I knew their uh, their brownie Sundays and their right. their taco salads. That was their number one fundraiser for them for the year. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I knew that they were struggling by talking with some of the members of each one of the churches. So. Um, I was trying to come up with an idea of how could they still have their fundraiser, um, but also how could I give a little bit of excitement again to the town that was kind of bummed that we didn't have the Belchdown Fair. Yeah. And let's face it. I mean, that's, that's a staple in this town. It has been for centuries now. Yeah. 170 years, 175 something. Yeah. Almost yeah. 200 years. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, that that got my mind going, but knowing the restrictions for the COVID and what the Board of Health would want to see, I knew that the truck was the answer to be able to get through, uh, not necessarily the red tape, but to get through um, the process and the procedures that the Board of Health was looking for to have a safe uh, event, but be able to do it in a way that um, uh, was was meaningful to the town. It was safe for the town and also help the churches out. Yeah, we need to give them a thing. Oh, sorry. Um, we have a. We have a. <laughs> a yep. You didn't use it at all. Yeah. No, thank you, Stomping Jen. I, yeah. I appreciate the reminder. Yeah, I just want to thank you for you know that was an amazing thing. Well, that- let me tell you when I when we were about fifteen minutes away, and keep in mind that they're all volunteers. Mm-hmm. Every one of them is a volunteer. Um, and working on a truck is very, very different from a brick and mortar, from doing a, uh, whatever they were used to doing for the fairs. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I ever looked out, I took a peek out the, uh, the windshield of the truck and I looked down the, the length of the street <laughs> and yeah. the cars were, we were 15 minutes before starting and the cars were almost down to McCarthy's. Oh, wow. Yeah. That I think we better get this thing going. 
Yeah. <laughs> <And> we, <laughs> oh boy. I just said to myself, Oh boy, what did I do? <laughs> but I gotta tell you, they did phenomenal. Um, yeah. everybody had fun. Um, we pushed out the orders as fast as we could. Uh, well, when a car comes up and orders 10 salads and four Sundays, wow. it does take a little bit to get them out. Yeah. But, um, I thought we were moving it pretty good. And they, you know, I, I, they had fun doing it and the, the people in town, it seemed like they really appreciated it, which was pretty cool. Did you have to train, um, these other staff in how to operate inside of your truck and like work in there? Well, uh, yeah, that was about a 30-second training. And <laughs> really what I did was I told them how many people they could have on the truck. Mm-hmm. And they thought I was crazy because they would normally do the taco stand with, you know, 10 people. I said, yeah. well, you've got three. Yeah. And with brownie Sundays, well, you have two. So when they got on the truck, I said, okay, see this little square? This is where you stand and you don't move from there. Yeah. And so everybody has their box. Don't get outside of your box because there's no room to be outside of your box. Right. And, uh, and that's it. And they learned very quickly that that's all they needed. Everything that they needed to do to put the food out was right there at their fingertips. And it, w- it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. So. And, I'm th- and I'm thinking again, when, um, in your description of the turnout, um, you know, these food items that they were selling, which were staples of the Belchertown fair, right? Like mm-hmm. everybody knows where you go to get the, the taco salad bowls. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows where the um, hot fudge Sunday tent is. Like <laughs> the fact that people could have those in right. this year, this difficult year, um, it was so meaningful to people, I think. Yeah. And um, so yeah, thank it, you. It was for, very uplifting. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Now, how did you decide you wanted to um, open a food truck? That's a pretty bold move. Yeah, yeah. If you think running a restaurant's challenging, yeah, try running a truck. Put it on wheels um, and drive it around. <laughs> oh, there's a whole other, whole other uh, gamut of challenges there. That's for sure. Um, you know, I think. Uh, as the food truck craze has built, uh, and as I, I traveled around the country, as I would try to go out on a, on a food tour every year, I'd pick a different, different set of cities or, or locations or cuisine. And the food trucks started dominating that, that scene. Mm-hmm. And no matter where I went, and that's where you got some really cool creative things happening out there. Uh, when you get a brick and mortar, it's challenging to change up what you're doing because you get established for certain items. So it's very hard to get outside that mix. Um, with a food truck, that can be the case, or you can be um, as creative as you want and even change it up every day, your menu every day if you want to. Um, and yeah. so I said, well, you know what? I think I'd like to... Uh, I don't want to get bored. I don't want to get bored just just going to the restaurant. So let me see what I can do outside of it. And so the food truck was the uh, was the idea. I bought a truck. It sat there in my lot for about <laughs> nine months. I kept on looking at it going, oh, what did I do? <laughs> and it was not a food truck at the time. Let me tell you, it was a, it was a maintenance truck filled with 
oh geez, it was an old snap-on tool truck. Oh wow, loaded with stuff inside, and I think I filled my dumpster twice with all the stuff that we took out of it. You wouldn't know that. I have to say, your food truck, the Rustic Fusion food truck, is aesthetically striking Mm -hmm. and beautiful. I don't know. Ah, It's just it doesn't. I mean, it looks like it was designed from the ground up. As mm-hmm. a food truck, <laughs> he would send me <laughs> pictures of it, the interior, and like it was all yeah. like sl- like silver with steel or whatever you were yeah. doing. Yeah. It was uh, that was yeah. It took about eight months to sat in my lot. Then I said, okay, I either need to sell it, sell this truck off, get rid of it, or or I'm going to do it. So I said, okay, I'm going to do it. Well, of course, I said that in October, and so I worked throughout the entire winter in a steel box inside of a steel box. Uh, trying to get the truck done. Yeah. Um, it took about six months of design that I kept on just drawing it out, drawing it out, trying to make sure that I had the equipment placement and sizing. And um, uh, then you have to balance the truck, make sure that it's not overweighted in any area. Because keep in mind, you got to go down the road with this. Yeah. yeah. Did you and do Did you do all of that design work and building yourself? Yeah. yeah. From every every bit of it from the ground up. Oh wow! Uh, from the plumbing, the electrical, wow. um, the the walls, the the equipment placement. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I went into about a dozen trucks and toured through them, and the only thing I got out of those those walkthroughs was what I was not going to do in my truck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, I never worked in a truck before uh-huh. until the very first day that we rolled ours out. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> but I took the concessionaire mentality of staying in your box. So when I would set up concession locations at, at these sporting venues, um, you don't want your staff to move around. You want them to stand in one spot and have 80 to 90% of the items that they need to, to serve or within arm's reach. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's when it becomes efficient. So that's yeah. how I started building the workstations within the truck and said, okay, well, you know, for the fry location, this is, this is their box and the grill location, this is their box. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was a really neat endeavor to build the truck and to have it come out like it did is really, uh, really rewarding. I also didn't want it to look like a cartoon going down the road. Yeah. So that r- really wasn't my style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not um, so no, it's not a it's for so for people who are wondering, it's not a like giant hot dog. Um Chris, <laughs> No, Chris's truck is um Chris's rustic fusion truck. I, I would just describe it as like a very like classically styled um Yeah. Um, it's just, I don't know, a uh, very tastefully styled truck. Now I need um, a visual of it. Yeah, we'll post a picture of it um, for people um, so they hey, can see it. I wanted people to feel comfortable if they wanted the truck to go there for a wedding and have it be classy enough to go for a yeah. wedding or people feel comfortable with it at their backyard barbecue. Because Rusticusion is not branded to a particular item, I can do just about anything off of the truck. You know, I had so, depending upon what you want, pretty much I, I can probably find a way to do it. Yeah, I'm looking at a picture now that Stomping Jen is showing me, and it's got kind of like a um, like a darkish, like um, it's black. yeah, mahogany-ish black top, and like yep. kind of like a 
wood paneling image on the bottom. Like you said, it's a, like a very it's like cla- hung, yeah, it's like a rustic very, fusion. It's a very class, <laughs> very classy styling. And you mentioned um, like one of the types of events that you support is something potentially like a wedding or something else. And Ooh. that had never occurred to me that um, your styling of the truck was a was very deliberate in that sense that people would feel comfortable having that come to one of the most important events in their life. Yeah, I think that's brilliant. Yeah, um, yeah that be, that's the trend now uh, for for weddings. Uh, they're they're going to food trucks and to uh, outside of the sit down, you know, formal catering. Yeah, because they want people to enjoy themselves. Yeah, how many times have you gone to a wedding? And you're like, oh, okay. When's when is this thing going to be over? Or when's you know when's the bar getting shut off? Yeah, um, it's. People are going to more casual. Well, let's face it; many people are on their second or third, so uh, they're they're not interested in having that formal wedding. They they want to have fun with their friends and and celebrate their time. Yeah, and so, a food truck is perfect for that environment. So you'll so you'll do um, and cater multiple like almost. Is there any kind of you'll cater any kind of event that people are interested in in yeah. having you at? Yeah. If we can, if I can find a way to do what they're, they want me to do, then we'll, we'll, we'll pull it off. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So besides the obvious, it's a restaurant on wheels. Is there, mm-hmm. <laughs> does anything come to mind when you think about the differences between running a food truck and running like a brick and mortar? Oh, absolutely. With, with a brick and mortar, um, you've got them there. They're there. They're going to you. They're sitting down, relaxing. Um, and even though Chubby's is, is more fast paced, it's, it's more casual. Uh, other restaurants you go and you sit down, you might th- be there for an hour and a half with the food truck. Um, they walk up, they want to order, they want to get their food and then go off and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So with a food truck, your speed is is paramount. Mm-hmm. You've got to be able to get the food out fast, mm-hmm. and it's got to be good. It's got to be fresh. It's got to be um, exciting. Uh, whether in the packaging, in the in the display, in the taste, uh, that initial appearance when they get it. Um, so you've got to be able to tailor your menu uh, for speed. And you've got to hit all the bases. You, you, can't, you can't have speed, but just have a sloppy product. You can't have um, a great product that takes 15 minutes to get out. Right. right. Um, so with a, with a food truck, you've got to, uh, and there's, there's so much work that goes into preparing for an event um, that most, most will never see or, or understand. But it'll take days to prepare for a major event, mm-hmm. and then you've got another day breaking it down afterwards, mm-hmm. only for a three-hour event or a two-hour event. But that's where my, my experience running the sports and entertainment facilities came into play, is because when, when the gates open, you've got 70,000 people coming in. They're not going to hold the gates because you're not ready. Right. And you only have three hours to make all your money. Right. So you better be efficient. You better be fast. Right. You better be good. So I took that philosophy into the food truck 
as to, okay, each one of the stations, I had to balance the menu for the stations that we had, trying to guess what the customers are going to want to buy and be able to make sure that I'm not overloading any one location because you can't just put two or three more people over there to help out because there's no room. Right. And uh, so you have to balance the truck to the items that you're carrying uh, and offering. And we tend to offer a larger menu than most only because I tend to say, well, geez, I really want to do that. Or I really want to try this. Um, I know everybody's begging me for the hog balls and the cowboy sushi again. Yeah. Um, that we did one time. We'll do them again another time. Yeah. Um, but for their, you have to have a basic understanding of food and business but that's all, that's the only correlation between a brick and mortar and a food truck because mm-hmm. the operationally, they are so completely different. Yeah. yeah. You have yeah. to attack them differently. Yeah. And then when you have, when you like, when you're not just doing a catering event, right, you're at like a food truck event where there's multiple food trucks. There's that mm-hmm. weird balance that I've learned just from running food truck events now from like having small bites, right? Cause you don't want like people to be so full <laughs> that they don't, yeah. cause most of them want to taste like from different trucks, right? So having right. like small items that are fast that you can get and, yeah. and then you're competing with all the other trucks too. So your menu has to really be appealing. And creative. And that's yeah. that, um, I mean, Chris, I think that's one of the things you do really well. You yes. mentioned the cowboy sushi. Yeah. Um, can you mm-hmm. tell people what that is a little bit? <laughs> okay. So, um, well, let me, let me just digress back to the name Rustic Fusion and what the, the philosophy of the truck sure. is. I came up with the name Rustic Fusion is you have the rustic, which is everyday items that people can recognize. There's, no, there's nothing that's really over the top. Everything relates to an item that you've seen before. But the fusion part is just making that twist adding a different element, a different cooking method, a different display, how you, how you handle the product. Um, it's, it's joining a few different cuisines together. Uh, that's the fusion part. So everything is everyday items, but everything has a little twist to it. And so the cowboy sushi was one that I was playing around with. Um, I think that was our, that was the Belchstown fair we did that for. Mm-hmm. And, um, what that is, is I take my, my slab bacon that we smoke off at the restaurant and we shingle that out flat. Um, we take a seasoned hamburg and, and spice mixture, layer that down on top. Um, and then different cheese blend in the middle of that. We roll that up into a log. And then what I'll do is I'll smoke that off. And then I'll cut it up just like you're getting rings of sushi. Yeah. Okay. So, and we presented it in, I bought actual sushi platters with the green grass and the fortune cookies. And, and, uh, so we would cut this, uh, log up after it's been smoked off this meat log, meat and cheese log and shingle it like sushi served it with chopsticks with one of our barbecue sauces and people just went crazy for it. They I did. actually, yeah. we, 
they were sold before they even went onto the smoker in the batches because I can only put fit so many at a time. And so I would have to tell them, okay, that's going to be coming off in 15 minutes. You have to be back here in 15 minutes. And it'll be ready. If you're back here in 20, then you're going to be waiting for the next round. Um, so it was, uh, it was pretty neat. It was, it was fun to do. Um, it added a lot, again, a lot of excitement. Um, so we'll do it again. Yeah. We'll do it another time. Yeah. And that, I mean, that was fun. That was exciting. I mean, I just, they were delicious. They were delicious. I, kept, I had never, I had never seen anything like it. I was like, who is the mad genius who invented this thing? My team looked at me like, are you crazy? Yeah. No way. And, and then so, you did those, those egg rolls that you did. The, twist uh, the, on the egg, egg rolls, rolls are just, that's a, uh, that's one of those careful what you wish for. Oh my goodness. Um, Again, I felt so bad last last year at the Belchdown Fair because I couldn't even open on Sunday because I, we went through 70% of what I anticipated selling for the entire weekend. Wow. We did that on Friday night alone. Oh, my God. Wow. So, um, <laughs> and the egg rolls, I, I can't even remember how many we went through, but it was thousands. Mm -hmm. um, so, the egg roll, again, that was, again, fusing a few different concepts um, I also, when people go to a food truck, there's not a lot of places to sit down. So you've got to be able to hold the food with one hand and eat it with the other, or you're holding your drink with one hand and your food with the other. Um, but the egg rolls really were enabled people to try multiple items and multiple flavor profiles of the egg rolls and share. Mm -hmm. And um, so the egg rolls are... They're savory egg rolls. They're not your traditional Chinese egg roll. We've never done an Asian egg roll, actually. Um, so we'll do our Thanksgiving, which has our turkey and that we roast off and stuffing and gravy inside. Or we'll do a chicken parm where we use fresh mozzarella and we use the fresh basil and, and chicken and in a, a nice marinara. And these are all wrapped up inside the egg roll. And every one of them is handmade. Uh, we've done... I think we're up to 14 different styles with oh, flavor wow. profiles. Wow. Uh, we started doing some dessert ones where we did our apple pie, where I took the recipe of our apple pies when I was a kid, when we owned our country store in town and we used to make fruit pies. So I took that recipe, made the filling. And then, so it was actual snows, apple pies inside an egg roll. Oh my and God. then, I think the latest craze was our chocolate chip cookie dough egg roll. Mm, we had one of those. Yeah, we did. <laughs> Do you That'll know? Put you to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Do you know pretty quickly if a food item isn't going to work, like something that you're you're you want to try out, like a new idea? Um, some have been uh, out there on on the fringes for me. Uh, let's see. Let's see if this sticks or not. And we've been pleasantly surprised. Um, a couple have bombed. Um, a couple were, they didn't say they bombed. They were just too far out there for people to want to really challenge challenge it. Yeah. We did a uh, spam sliders. I those love, were good. I those loved really those. Good. You loved those. Yes, you had them. <laughs> yeah. They were, uh, so we didn't sell as many as what I had hoped for, but we make the spam from scratch. Um, it's not that not out of a can, but like um, spam from scratch, people. Come on, 
<laughs> yeah, I was just actually talking with a, a friend of mine on, in our running group that uh, he's from Hawaii. Mm-hmm. So I promise him the next batch we'll, we'll yeah. get together and have a spam fest. Um, but anybody that tried the spam sliders absolutely loved them. I tested them out on, on a group of friends of mine. We get together every couple months or so, and I tend to do a lot of a lot of cooking at those events. And I brought these out, and almost everybody looked at me like I had four heads. I said, "Listen, just try it. Just try. It. If you don't like it, you're not going to upset me at all." And before I knew it, they were gone. So those that tried it loved it. A little too far out there for most to really want. To. I think I've got to call it something different. Other than spam, because mm-hmm. everybody just like that's oh. the kitschy part, though. That's the part that appeals to me, at least. That's what appealed to me, too. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? Uh, that's what, what appealed to us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think another one that was kind of out there, but again, uh, we did sell out uh, were our baking cannolis. We had one of those too. We're yeah. super fans, uh, by the yeah, way. You yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jen's like, okay, I'll take one of those. I, one of those I'll confess, those. I, I was lukewarm on the bacon cannoli. They that was a rough one. That was challenging that was a, for me. That was challenging, yeah. Um and uh so we haven't given up on it. We haven't given up on that. I actually had to do some for a private function. Um the people had asked for them. But I love that you can try these ideas, mm-hmm. right? And like put them out there and see see what happens. That must feel pretty freeing, like as a person who's in, um, in this industry. It is. Um, that's why I did not want the truck to be branded at all. It gave us the gave me the ability to be very creative in what we do, and you never know. We have our our. I think we were fine down to our, our staple items that people are really expecting that we're going to have whenever we roll the truck out. But then I always try to throw in one or two or three items that they've never seen before, uh, just to keep it, just to keep it fresh, keep them guessing. I don't want them to get too comfortable that, Oh, that's all we're going to have. Yeah. But, um, so we've, we've done the food truck events last year and, and this year, um, in the town, we piloted the, the food truck Thursday event in town for the cultural council. And that was great. I I was very, very happy to be asked to do that and to to help come up with a safe, safe means to have the food truck on the common and for other food trucks to follow behind. Do you Uh, have any, Oh, sorry. hmm? I was going to ask, do you have any insight into where this creativity that you have around food stems from? Like, did you spend a lot of time in, in the kitchen when you were younger? Um, I know you had, and you talked, you told us before about your experience in the, the larger concession type environment at huge Mm -hmm. events, but like, do you trace this back to, is there a interest like before all of that? Like, well, growing up, a lot of my family members were involved with, uh, with food in some aspect. So we had our, our country store that we did the baking, the pies and the donuts, uh, and the right. breads and things like that. I had an aunt that ran this. catering and her own catering and re- she had a restaurant and I would go down and help her out. Um, I think it comes down to, I just love to eat. Yeah. And <laughs> I love to try different things. Yeah. There's not one thing that I won't try. And typically I'll say, I'll try it twice. Mm-hmm. If I didn't like it the first time, okay, I'll go back a second time. I'll That's- try it out a second time 
and say, well, maybe it was just me the first time. Maybe I didn't understand it. But now it's gotten to the point where I really want to experience the different, uh, different flavors and methods and, and styles of, of cuisine that's out there. It's just, and that is what so many cultures are built around is the food. Yeah. Um, you go on a, on a vacation and you're going to be trying the different foods of these different countries. And true. that's what a lot of people talk about. Yeah. That is true. Not just the beaches or what you saw. It's, oh my gosh, we had this when we were there. This is what we ate. And this was great. That's what people remember. That's true. It's a great philosophy too. I normally gain quite a few pounds when I go on this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I gained nine pounds on my barbecue tour down in Texas. Yeah. Um, oh, that must've been amazing. It, it was, it, it really was. I spent a few hours in the pits with a couple of the pit masters down there and uh, lesson learned. Don't go over 4th of July weekend to Texas <laughs> and get a convertible. <laughs> don't do that. Uh, not, not a good scene. Uh, but it was uh, it, it was incredible. But that's what I tried to do when I go out on these on these little in you know excursions. When when so, you were spending time down there with the pit masters, was this in preparation to learn how to um, smoke meats on your own and do it in a particular style? Well, Texas is only one style. Um, There's so many different styles of barbecue throughout the country. Um, Texas has its own, um, but they're like the Holy Grail, supposedly, yeah. uh, the Mecca of barbecue in Austin, Texas is, is where it's at. Uh, so I started in Dallas and then drove down and stopped at places along the way, spent a few days in Austin then drove back up to Dallas and then flew back out. Yeah. And it's, um, it wasn't really in preparation for it cause I'd already been doing it, um, uh, for, I don't know, a few years, probably five or six years, um, which is nothing compared to some people. That yeah. Some people, they're, they're still in diapers and they're learning how to do it from their their parents and their grandparents, things that are handed down. But mm-hmm. I really wanted to see how, how it was done in Texas. How did they do it? And I didn't want to just read about it or, or go to a place up here in the Northeast and say, well, yeah, this is Texas barbecue. No, I wanted to see it firsthand. Did you learn anything down there that blew your mind or you weren't maybe expecting to learn? Oh yeah. How hot it is. Um, <laughs> yeah. How hot it is by those pits. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I did. It was, uh, now I'm going to the, these places that are, they're, they're the pinnacle. They're at the very top of their game. Mm-hmm. And, um, but one thing that I learned was how down to earth just about every single one of these places were. Were they welcome? Yeah. Were they welcoming? Um, oh, absolutely. Of you in terms of like somebody who wanted to observe and learn and take something away? Yeah. yeah. The, there wasn't one establishment that wouldn't stop and talk to you about anything. Now they weren't going to give up their recipes, right, but, right. um, you know, if you were truly interested in talking to them about it, they love to talk about their craft. And we're talking about taking pieces of meat that were basically thrown away and turning it into the most tender, most flavorful thing that you could possibly have. Yeah. And it's not easy to do. Um, but if you do the same thing over and over and over, um, you, you, you nail it. 
Yeah, and I know and I know people yeah, nailing it. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, and I know to, to your point, I know there are people who have written um, doctoral theses on like the association or the emergence of like barbecue and class and poverty and like you said there there were ways for people to to take these like throwaway cuts of meat and do something like amazingly spectacular with them Mm -hmm. like I, Mm -hmm. i know people have studied have done studies on that. And I guess you can go as far down into that rabbit hole as you want. Um, <laughs> you know, you can get pretty deep down that rabbit hole. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, I've read some of the, some of the books where it goes into the science behind the smoke and the chemical changes that take place that, and why you get the smoke ring, that, that pink ring around mm-hmm. the outside of the meat and what that means. And, and what's the melting point for the sugars in your rubs and, and what temperature do you, does, you basically you're not smoking anymore now you're cooking just cooking and why can your meat actually go down in temperature after six hours being in the oven and all of a sudden starts dropping in temp and why is that and it's pretty wild um it's not just uh these these guys out there cracking open their six-pack and 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 they got a hog on the grill it's it, they're not doing it just to sit there and get drunk. They're doing it because hey, it's it's pretty darn good when it comes off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there 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 is there is an art to it in mm-hmm. addition to all of that other stuff. You know, like yeah. I think like an intangible element to it. You know, I think. Yeah. Um, so, Chris, you smoke your own um, meats. How? What kind of process do you use to do that? Let's see. At Chubby's, we smoke, we cure and smoke our own bacon. Uh, we do our own brisket. We do, which is predominantly on the truck. Uh, we'll be rolling that out at Chubby's uh, in some fashion here in the coming months. Uh, we smoke our own chickens. That, that will be coming as well. Um, our own turkey, turkey breasts. Uh, we do our smoked Brooklyn-style pastrami and our so pulled good. pork. Wow. Uh, we've done kielbasa. We've done sausages. We've done quite a few other things as well. Um, so the, the process for me, it started with the pulled pork. That's the easiest, easiest one. It's mm-hmm. the most forgiving um, of, of the items to smoke off. It took me about 14 months to refine that product to where it is right now. Um, the spice profile, the procedure, the timing, um, and all of that changes depending upon the weather yep. because that affects your, your cook time and your, your smoke and your fuel and everything else. Um, so it's, again, it's a, it's a means to um, help me not get bored with just doing the same thing over and over by playing around with the smokers. Um, it is, I've got, I've got a smoker in the back that I bought last year that, you could climb inside of. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a little overkill for what we're doing right now, but right. Uh, we've got big plans for it. Uh, but you can literally climb inside. I have to, to get to the back of it. Um, and when, when you, you talk with other people that are, are smoking meats for their restaurant or even just at their homes, there are so many different methods to, whether it's electric smokers, pellet smokers, charcoal, wood stick, whatever, 
Um, and it doesn't mean that any one is better than the other. It just, that's the, that's the method that that person is using and they'd like to use it. So, Hey, it's, it works for them. I use a couple different methods at the restaurant and that's what works for me. Um, I like to sleep. I don't get a lot of it, but I do like to sleep. (laughs) So, um, I don't like to stand next to a smoker for 10 hours, smoking a brisket. I like to do other things. So mm-hmm. I like to have those that are a little bit low, lower maintenance, sure. right. um, where I can set up, almost set it and forget it. Set it um, and forget it. Yeah. But they're, they're stick charcoal or pellet, one of the three. Um, uh, let's see what else can I answer for you about smoking meat? It's fun. Oh. It's a yeah. lot of had fun. You, had your venison come out the other day? <laughs> Oh my goodness! It was <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh wow! Sawtooth's eyes just got really big. Yeah. Wow. No. Stomping Jen just yeah, turned so. into a deer in front of me. I was gonna jump over there and bite <laughs> oh, her wow. head off. Yeah. So a neighbor of mine and his son they got three deer in five days. Wow. And they're like, "Oh, what are we gonna do?" I said, "Well, if you want me to smoke one of the smoke something for you, let me know." Mm-hmm. Like really? So, yeah. And I'm, I'm thinking, "Oh, geez, what did I get myself into? I've never smoked venison before. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what I'm doing." So. Like what I what I normally do is I'll get online, I'll start reading about it, um, and see what other people are doing. That's a great thing about smoking meats is that it's been around forever, and all you have to do is ask people or look something up, read about it, and just start picking up on what other people are doing, and then you you make it your own. Right. You can mimic what other people are doing, but it, you're always going to change something slightly mm-hmm. for your own your own profile. So, uh, when I took on smoking the, the, uh, the venison, um, that was, that was, that was, a, that was a little nerve wracking. Matter of fact, he came up to me the night before and said, Chris, I know you've never done this before. So don't worry about it. I've got 11 more in the fridge. Oh so screw this one up, don't worry about it. Do you throw the whole deer in there or do <laughs> they butcher it first? No, no. So we, we already, we already quartered it down. So this was the, the, um, uh, the rear quarter, which okay. was the shoulder down through the leg. Okay. And um, a deer can be a gamey meat. So it all it, it, the meat tends to taste like whatever they're eating. Mm-hmm. So depending upon what forest they're in or orchard or whatever, that's what they're going to taste like. So I wanted to make sure I got some of the gaminess out in case it was there. It's very lean too, right? <clears throat> it's extremely lean. So you can dry it out like sawdust real quick mm-hmm. um which didn't um help <laughs> with the nerves going into this right so i ended up uh, i did a 24-hour brine so i brined oh, the meat okay. and what that did was it infused moisture into the meat mm-hmm. and extracted some of those uh the the more harsh flavors that um that might have been embedded in the meat from whatever the deer was eating and so it really mellowed the meat right out. Um, and like I said, it infused the, uh, the, the moisture. So when you brine an item, you're, you're expanding the, the molecules. Yeah. And so it adds moisture inside the meat, inside the molecules within the meat. Did you use like and a spiced brine or like a herbed brine of some kind? I just did a real basic one. Uh, yeah. your brines, your basic brines are salt with sugar. Um, and you've got to get the right mix down. You don't want it too salty. You don't right. want it too sweet. Um, I just add some bay leaves, a few aromatics, very minimal, mm-hmm. very minimal. Cause I didn't want to mask the flavor of the meat. 
Right. So I didn't want to overpower it. I just wanted to be able to add some nice elements, some nice hints. I wanted to still have earth tones to it because it's, you know, it's a, it's a natural game. And so I did a 24 hour brine on that. Now the thing with the brine is sometimes it can make the meat salty. So then I took that and I, I soaked it for another 20 minutes after it came out of the brine. Mm-hmm. And what that does, it helps to mellow down the salt. Yep. So you're starting to extract salt out of the meat, uh, but still lock in the moisture. Um, after that, I knew one of the individuals I was going to be eating, it has, it's not big into high spice. So again, I wanted to stay nice and mellow. I used my Memphis sweet rub and um, I used one other uh, rub, just a generic rub that I use on ribs and such. Mm-hmm. Just give it a, a couple different depths and put it on the smoke with some nice apple and oak and let it do its thing. Nice. And then just sat back and <laughs> twiddled my yeah. thumbs like, oh, please don't screw this up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it took about five and a half hours, which was pretty fast, I thought. And again, you want to, don't want to overcook um, venison for sure. Yeah. So pulled it at 150 degrees and let it sit in the cooler, wrapped up for about two and a half hours with a couple of nice warm bricks inside and mm-hmm. just mellowed itself right out. Let all the moistures move in and out of the meat. Yeah. And uh, uh, fortunately, they said it was the best venison they've ever had. Did you? Oh, did you? Great. Did you get to taste so, any of it? I did. Yeah, yeah, I was there carving it. I was. There's a couple of sites that I'm on, barbecue sites on Facebook groups, and when I posted originally that I was I was smoking the uh, venison, I I I did the same picture that I posted on the community forum mm-hmm. or on, on my page, one of the two. And I got about 300 hits asking for how was it, how did it come out? Yeah. What was it like? Like no pressure there now, is it? Now I've got everybody from, and these people are from all over the world. Want to know how it came out. So um, it was, it was very moist, very tender. Um, it, dryness we didn't have to worry about that because uh some of the pictures i took you can see the moisture just coming right out of the meat when i when i sliced it oh my god but that's it was, so good <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was really good <laughs> i could spend wow. a half hour just talking about that yeah that roast. oh my goodness um wow. but yeah i tend to take on the challenging um smokes i know one year my family asked me to smoke a turkey for thanksgiving and i'd never done one before mm-hmm. I'm like great i've got the entire family oh, coming in yeah. no pressure town. no pressure and i gotta smoke this turkey it's oh my goodness what am I doing? <laughs> that um, is awesome I so it's uh um i have my achilles heel like and just about anybody that that smokes me there does this as as a hobby even they've got that one thing that they just can't get down right what's yours and mine are ribs oh, um, ribs are i've done some really good ones it's just getting the consistency down i just haven't nailed it to what i know i want mm. and i just can't find it yet are you determined uh-huh. are you determined to get it right can we be oh, taste yeah. testers oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah i'll give you a call i'll give you a call um <laughs> But, uh, you know, we do, we do quite a bit. We do a lot of brisket. We do these chickens that we're doing. We're going to be rolling those out. That's what I was going to do last week, actually, mm-hmm. doing smoked chickens. Oh, I can't wait to try those. And I filtered a few out into the community to get some taste testers out there. 
yeah. on the QT. People that I knew that were going to give me honest feedback. Okay, where was it? Was it good? Was it not? Yeah. What do you want? So, but we, I think we nailed that one. So we're going to roll those out. We need some whole chickens that people can buy. Is it hard to find honest feedback when it comes to testing your food? Uh, no, because you just find people that you know, or, and you tell them flat out, I don't care what you tell me. I just want the honest truth. Mm. And they, I think the people that I do hand things out to, um, they know I care enough that I really want to know. Yeah. If they don't like something, I want to know it because when I go to sell it, I don't want to bomb. Yeah. They know right. that I want to, I want to do it right. So it's so um, interesting too, because everybody has like, t- there's so many different kinds of restaurants because people have different tastes, right? Mm-hmm. So like, yeah. you know, like, you know, it's like, I just think about our own like person, like I, I'm always like, oh, I'm a food snob or whatever. And like, that's my own self label that I put on myself. So like, <laughs> you know, like, do you give it to a bunch of different people that, you know, have different tastes so that you can get like a more well-rounded like idea of like, or do you just want to like go for like a specific, like, um, um, it's yeah, I'll, I'll pick people out of the blue. They won't even know it's coming. Yeah. And, um, uh, it's really about people that are going to give you honest feedback. Yeah. And it's not, um, you know, my buddies that I get together with every couple of weeks. Right. Um, you know, sometimes they're going to tell me what I want to hear just because they know I'm going to be doing all the cooking the next time. Right. So <laughs> right. And they want more. <laughs> no, but, uh, um, but yeah, it, it's, it's finding those people that are really interested. And one person I said, listen, I want, I don't want you to eat this hot. I want you to wait to the next day. Mm-hmm. And I want you to then reheat it and tell me what you think. Oh. Or I want you to eat it cold and tell me what you think, yeah. because I know that's what people are going to be doing. Right. Um, these are pretty big chickens. So two people, you get two people, mm-hmm. you know, two people can't eat half of one of these. Yeah. So they're going to be having it the next day. And how is it? That is amazing to me. I would never think to do that. Like to think about what, what, what you know, have somebody like you just said, wait till it gets cold or taste it the next day. But that's a really important thing. Mm. That blows my mind, Stomping Jen. <laughs> well, I'm like full of ideas for Chris now. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bad, know, dangerous conversation. <laughs> what I've found is that people are, uh, let's face it, people only have so much disposable income. Yeah. And people love to eat. Now, what I found is people don't have a problem spending money for food if they're going to feel like they have a, the value for what they're paying for and it's meeting or exceeding their expectations and quality and flavor. And, mm-hmm. and also, you know, the name of my restaurant isn't skinnies. It's chubbies <laughs> for a reason. <laughs> right. Our, our items tend to have leftovers. Well, I want to make sure that they can enjoy their leftovers also. Mm-hmm. And, so that again, it adds to the value perception that people have for the products that you give and people will travel. People will, mm-hmm. will spend that. And it may seem absurd, but you go to a barbecue restaurant and if you want a pound of brisket, you're paying $22 for yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And that's just the meat. Yeah. I was just, but yeah, go ahead. you get it and you love it. You don't have a problem with it. Right. I was just thinking like, you know, like we 
pre-pandemic would travel all the way to BT Smokehouse out in the middle mm-hmm. of the state. And they had lines for days because yeah. their yeah. meat was so good. And, you know. Yeah, but you bite into that brisket you're and like, you're oh transported. <laughs> so good. Yeah. You know, you're just it like, should melt. Yeah. It should melt in your mouth. And they do a phenomenal job down there. Yeah. And food. They and, really do. And food has that ability for whatever it's doing to us, like mm-hmm. as a living organism, like it has, it has that ability to transport you, like, mm-hmm. and make you, you know, feel like everything's okay. Like in that, for those moments. Yeah, it is comfort. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. true. It's true. Um, and so you let's know, face it, you're having that bad day and you get that good cup of coffee and take that first sip oh, and you're yeah. like, oh, I needed it's that. True. Yeah. Or you, you just, you sit there and you bite into a nice juicy burger and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you just have that exhale. Um, yeah. But really, when you get into the, the, the barbecue and, and you have that meat just melt in your mouth and you don't need a knife. Yeah. Yeah. If you need a knife, uh, okay, something's wrong there. <laughs> Just you use your need teeth. It. Yeah. Um, hey, if the guy did it, if that pit master did it right, then yeah, yeah. And I'm yeah. super excited to hear you're, you know, you're, you're experimenting and mm. you're doing more, you know, with barbecue. Um, you know, both with I'm chubbies. Waiting for my and- barbecue restaurant. I know you've got a lot on your plate, but I want my <laughs> hey, barbecue <hey>. restaurant. <laughs> ten, ten years ago, maybe. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, it's the, uh, it's the, the thing that I hear the most is, yeah, Chris, I was at Chubbs. I didn't see you though. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't That's see you there. Busy. Well, yeah. busy well man. I, I got a great team. I let them do yeah. it. Yeah. So if I start adding too much, then I'm going to have to be there all the time. <laughs> and I've got, I've got a couple other things on my plate that I have to attend to. So yeah. I can't be at any one spot. Yeah. Uh, and, I've and got a couple other businesses. So Yeah. I, and I, I don't want to, you know, let people, I want to let people know that not only do you do good barbecue, but you also have immensely amazing, delicious vegetarian options. Like yeah. your green oh, goddess burger that um, is my son's, our son's favorite yeah. thing ever. Yeah, I mean, it's delicious. Yep. I'm a meat eater, but I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. And I'll, I'll make sure I always have some on hand. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even at my house. And it's, uh, that was really, I'm always tweaking that one just a little bit. Mm -hmm. I I haven't quite got the texture exactly where I want it to be, but I can't, I'm careful not to tweak it too much because it is so popular. (laughs) I don't want to mess with it. Yeah. Um, And what do I always get stomping, Jen? You always get a salad. (laughs) Right. I like, but I love the way, I love the way the chicken is cooked on that salad. Of course. Like I love it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a simple, so there, there are lots of, you know, things, um, other options, other options for people. If you're not a meat eater. eater. So thinking, thinking towards the, um, future, Chris, do you have thoughts about what's in store for chubbies? Well, that's a tough one. There's, there's always, I always have things going through my mind, but one thing that has changed us is obviously the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And, Though I think everybody has got, you know, holding their breath and, and uh, keeping their fingers crossed that we've got these vaccines that are com- going to be coming out and they're going to do exactly what everybody's hoping for. That said, I think it's, it's forever changed us in so many different ways. And the restaurant industry is no different. Mm-hmm. Um, we've, uh, it's changed the way that people eat. It's changed the way that uh, the restaurants do business. And so it's, it really is a wait and see to try to figure out 
what is the post-pandemic uh, want? Yeah. What's society going to want? Are mm-hmm. people going to feel comfortable uh, sitting in a crowded restaurant even two, three years from now? We yeah. don't know that. Yeah. Um, so what I'm trying to do now is is to continue to figure out how can we not lose focus of what we've been doing at Chubby's that has been very successful, but then also how do we give some different options for those that that family of two, three, four, five, whatever, that wants to eat together but get takeout, mm-hmm. that um, those family meals, yeah. um, the family style, so we can uh, just give another element, I guess, to the town. Um, that's yeah. really where I see. Um, that's where I see our changes for this coming year, mm-hmm. because I think we're we're all going to be. Uh, we're not out of the woods. Yeah. Anybody that says that we are, I think that yeah. we're fooling ourselves. So let's play it safe. Let's give it time to to hopefully cure ourselves of this. And in that time frame, well, we've got to. We've got to meet the needs as a restaurateur. You've got to meet the needs of what your public's asking for. Yeah, I think that's really wise. And you know, I've had lots of conversations with Stomping Jen. Like, I don't know when I'm going to go back to a movie theater. Like, yeah. I don't know when yeah. I'm going to feel comfortable in a restaurant. But I would eat the hell out of a whole cooked chicken <laughs> from your place. Like, I would pick. I would pick that up and do like you just said, like a family style meal. Like, yeah, that would be yeah. something that. You know, I could see us doing, mm-hmm. you know, maybe once a week, you know, as yeah. we're in a recovery mode until we're mm-hmm. comfortable going back to a, a brick and mortar. So I, mean, I think I'm so I, sick of cooking for our family. I, I got to give you a little plug on these chickens. So they are done on my smokers. And a lot of people are like, nah, I don't know if I want smoked meat or smoked chicken, but it is such a very subtle smoke to it. You know, it's there. But it, it's not one of those that you're going to be tasting an hour later. Yeah, you know that's what I don't like about smoking meats is that afterburn or the after aftertaste. I don't want I don't want to smell like it later. Right. Um, these chickens is it's that perfect balance. It's got a little sweetness. It's got a little spice. It's got. A little, I tell you, these are <laughs> mm-hmm. they're they're pretty good. They're pretty good. So um, those awesome. those are unfortunately. Because I can only do so many. I think I can do 40 at a time. Okay. So if they become too popular, I'm going to have to do advanced orders. Yeah, I was going to say, but I could totally see that. Like, you know, in terms of meal planning, you know, mm-hmm. that, I, I could see us saying, you know, the, the second week of whatever, March, right. we want to order, you know, we want the smoked chicken meal, right. like from, from Chubby's from, for takeout, like right. something like that. Like, like we did for taco Tuesday. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'll just have to have yeah. a different day of the week for you guys. That's right. I'll catch you guys on Tuesday. Yeah. Get your fish and chips on Friday. Yep. Then we're going to go into, uh, I don't know what day on the, uh, on the other stuff. I don't think that we've ever, I've never had the fish and chips. I got it Did a couple times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I love it. it. And, you know, uh, I'm one of those people, like if I eat a meal like that, I'll yeah. put on a couple of pounds. So I'm very careful about how often I eat those, <laughs> those types of foods. Yeah. So I try to, I, you know, now that I'm, um, past, past my mid forties, I am a little more mindful of, of how much, <laughs> yeah. How much of that I'm eating. How about the food truck? Any, anything on the horizon that you're thinking about there that you uh, want to tell us the- about? Well, the food truck, I'm, I'm very careful on where I roll it out. 
um, in when I roll it out this year. If the town didn't ask me to to bring it out and to pilot their event, I probably would not have even brought it out just for the safety of my team. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But we spent a lot of time trying to figure out how to do it the the safest way possible for both the patrons and for the team. Um, for the food truck, it is, uh, you know, we love to have the food truck Fridays back in again. And I, I, and from what I've seen and what I've talked with other food truck operators, the Belchdown food truck festival on Fridays are, it's one of the biggest ones around. Stomping Jen. I don't know what you're talking about. Huge hit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but where, where's that button that you guys yeah. push? Oh yeah, that's right. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so I I've tried to stay out of the the breweries and the wineries, mm-hmm. but I can see that becoming um that's probably gonna be the next uh the next hit for us is yeah. gonna start doing some some of those. I don't want to take over yeah. um too much of the time. Yeah. Um, because I still need to be able to invest time in the restaurant and well, let's face it. I still want to have a life too. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. um, I definitely don't want to be out there every single night doing it. Yeah. Um, uh, on the truck, I'm typically always on the truck whenever yeah. it rolls. So, um, we're not there yet yeah. to just wheel out another team on the truck and let it go. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of your life, what do you like to do when you're not restaurant touring or food trucking like what do you like to do what do you like to do for fun <laughs> well well um yeah i think everybody sees on my posts in the mornings i'm typically one of the first ones up in the town i think uh so we do a lot of hiking mm-hmm. um so we're getting out there first in the morning it is just beautiful to get out before sunrise it is so peaceful uh, you can't say that in many towns because there's so much activity, but in Belchertown, it's very quiet. Yeah. Um, you can be out on the streets. You can be out in the woods. Uh, I do need to be a little uh, cautious sometimes about um, what else is out there. Mm-hmm. But, oh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, we've had a couple of run-ins. Like um, with um, bears or wild animals? Uh, we haven't. I haven't actually seen the bear, but we knew it was just on the other side of a bush. Um, you could tell it was there. We had a coyote push us right off a hill one time. Oh, God. Right back to our car. Oh, wow. Um, but uh, like like I said in the beginning, I try to try to get out um, pre-dawn. Like tomorrow mm-hmm. morning, we'll get out. We'll probably be on the trail by 6, 6, 10. God. First 20 minutes or so, we'll be pretty much in the dark and, and with our headlights and and then try to get to the top of either Mount Skinner or some of the Seven Sisters or something like that. Try to get to the top of one of the hills before mm-hmm. dawn. You can see the sunrise come up. So pretty. I'm uh, so envious of all of you early morning activity people. Right. So you just got to get up and do it. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. You, you, and there, there are mornings that were like, oh, no. <laughs> yes, this morning was rough. This morning was a rough run. Um, but uh, we're part of a... Uh, part of a running group mm-hmm. and it's uh, no, no egos. It's any skill level. Um, of course, the first meeting that I did with them and I was told, well, that's where we're going to run right there. So we're standing at the bottom of Mount Tom 
<laughs> yeah, like, you've got to be kidding me! I, I don't have, even know these people, and this is what I'm doing. Oh, geez, I would have noped right a, out of there. It's a it's a great time, um, and so it's really about getting out there. It, you know, you're naturally your distance, social distancing because you, we spread out and mm-hmm. get your masks on. Yeah, is this a new um, hobby for you? It is. Yeah, yeah. it is since uh, about May. Wow. And so, uh, my girlfriend and I, she, she gets out, she's been doing it for years mm-hmm. and we went up, hiked at Acadia and oh, hiked most of, so beautiful up there. Yeah. So every day we went out and did uh, probably two, uh, two or three hills. Did you hike up the beehive? <laughs> Oh yeah. So that um, I've told this oh, story yeah. on this podcast before. Uh, I had a panic attack on the beehive, and I yeah. abandoned stomping Jen up there. Um, yeah. Halfway up. Halfway up in, with a pole, with yeah. a hiking pole. A couple oh, of Ger- yeah, a couple of German um, tourists rescued her, and they they brought her to me and found me quivering behind a boulder. Yes. That was uh, that was a rough one. Mm-hmm. That was the last morning we decided to do it before we drove back, and. And that was after a few days of just nonstop going up just about every hill that was there, I swear. Yeah. So the legs were a little little tired at mm-hmm. that point in time. And there was uh there was a couple couple guys that they were frozen on the yeah. side and they weren't moving. <laughs> yep. The thing is that you had to go around them. Oh my god. <laughs> I think I think I might I think was, I might still uh, be up there. <laughs> That was uh, that was a bit challenging, and yeah. I used to do some crazy stuff when I was in the service. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but that kind of—that's when you're hooked up to things. Yeah. What? <laughs> um, you're not hooked up to anything. What branch of the service were you in, Chris? I was in the army. Oh, me army too. Reserve. Me too. Yeah. Yep. Many, so, many, many years. Times. Ago. That's awesome. a lot of a lot of neat stuff. A lot cool. of neat things. Had a lot of fun. Yeah. All right. Well, our last question for you sure. um, is one that we have been asking everybody and you can interpret this any way you want. Um, So what have you seen that you cannot explain? Don't do it. I'm going to play some spooky music here. With respect to restaurants? Anything. Uh, Anything. anything. Ooh. Wow. It could be supernatural. It could be political. It could be anything. anything. (laughs) He just plays the spooky music. Oh boy, that I can't explain. Yep. Um. Oh boy. It's a real mm. on the spot kind of. Question. I know that is a tough one. That's a tough one. Um. I can't understand why more people aren't out in the morning at sunrise. <laughs> that's a good answer. <laughs> that yep, that's, qualify, that's, does it? Yep, that's perfectly <laughs> that's acceptable. Yep. He's, he's really yeah. looking. He's looking for the Sasquatch and <laughs> the aliens. <laughs> yep. No. That, thank he, you. Hey, the Sasquatch. That is the best hide and seek player there ever could be. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> he's, he's the winner. <laughs> yep. And um, thank thank you for answering it and being a good sport. Um, yeah. And sorry for putting you on the spot. But oh we, no worries. We've no got worries. we have got some amazing answers to that question though yeah, over the, over the over the episodes. So, um, but <laughs> some people some people say nothing. Yeah, this I I can explain everything. 
So we've, we've, we've <laughs> or I can't think of something right yeah. now because it's a pretty heavy question. Yeah, but we've we've had we've I'll had give the, you an answer. I may be pulling it out of somewhere, but I'll give you an answer yeah. to anything. Yeah. Um, well, is there anything? Um, is there anything you wanted to share with us or or tell us that Remote we haven't touched or, on? Yeah. Anything you want? To um, anything you want to plug? Anything? I would say. Let me say this: when it comes to barbecuing. Don't be afraid of it. You know, try it. it. And you don't need to go out and spend thousands of dollars on a smoker. Um, it's about trying it, having fun with it. You're going to screw it up. Don't worry about it. Um, you know, and just keep at it. And because you can have a lot of fun with it. And, you know, you get people over and you enjoy it. Once you figure out how to to do ribs or to do a brisket and you do it really well, then all of a sudden, Hey, now your confidence level goes up and you start trying something else. Um, so whether it's smoking meat or cooking food, don't get in the rut, try to get out of the rut and just, you know, go on to Pinterest or go open up a cookbook and say, okay, I'm going to try this. And like I said before, you're going to mess things up, but that's fine. There's always takeout. You can always come to Chubby's yep. <laughs> um, if we're open. But give it a shot and just try try new things. And when you travel somewhere, plan to eat. Plan Don't just plan your activities. Plan where you're going to experience the food of wherever you are, whether it's in another country or in our country alone. No matter where you go, it's a different cuisine. Yeah. So you don't even need to leave this country to to find so many different aspects of food and just really go out there and experience it. I love that. That is such great advice. And it's advice that you can apply to like multiple areas of your life too. Like I love oh, that. Get your kids involved with it. Don't just, I, granted, again, I love having them come in and having the, the popcorn chicken or whatever at Chubby's, but get them out there to try different things. <laughs> and you'd be surprised what they're going to like. It's true. Yeah. All right. Well, um, Chris Snow, um, owner of Chubby's Ice Cream and Grill in Belchertown, the Rustic Fusion Food Truck and Catering. Thank you for talking to us. I, I cannot believe an hour and a half has passed by. This is one of those conversations, I sometimes say this, where I look down and I can't believe how much time has passed. So um, it's been an absolute joy talking to you, uh, people listening to this. We're going to put all of the links um, to Chris's um, restaurant and food truck in the podcast show notes. We'll be posting them in the different social media posts so you can check everything out um yep. listeners yes, thank you guys for having me yes thank you and thank you for um taking the time um to talk to us and listeners we have to say this right stomping jen what are we gonna say tonight? we love you we love you thank you for listening thank you right we can't do it without you well we could <laughs> we're like screaming into the void it's bet it's better when they, when they listen, listen and, and they share and subscribe and, and download, download right i like seeing those download numbers yeah right Excellent. i love it all right i love seeing it so be um, safe out there get your vaccine wear a mask yep all of those things and finally stopping jen we say what i know Bye now.
Good evening, my fellow Americans. America knows that this world of ours, ever growing smaller, must avoid becoming a community of dreadful fear and hate. Those who have freedom will understand also its heavy responsibility. That all who are insensitive to the needs of others will learn charity, and that the sources, scourges of poverty, disease, and ignorance will be made disappear from the earth. And that in the goodness of time, all peoples will come to live together in a peace guaranteed 